All right, so let's go ahead and rack them up and knock them down. Claude is in Baton Rouge on Coast to Coast AM. Claude? Hey, Ian, can I can I give a little info to the lady in Hawaii that just called? It might help her out. Um, we uh, we got knocked around pretty bad after Katrina down here, and uh, my daughter, I, I'm in Baton Rouge, my daughter lived in uh, Gulfport, and they got hit really bad too. Sure. Now, couldn't call. A lot of towers went down. And nobody at the Red Cross had any information. But I called one time, and I got a girl who said she was 20. So I figured, well, this girl is going to know some stuff. She said, okay, you can't get through. You have no Internet. Have you tried texting? And it didn't make any sense to me because, you know, now, well, I'm 65. I was in my right. So I tried it. And I texted my daughter at 8 o'clock that night. She was able to text me back with everything down. I got a text from her at 5 o'clock the next morning. So maybe that'll help a little yeah. bit. But. Well, I think she said she had she had been told that texting was possible and it hadn't come through yet. So hopefully you're yeah, right and that's good advice. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, but you weren't holding for that originally, so it's no, open no, lines. No, I was, uh, I was yeah. something a little bit lighter. No, I appreciate um, it. There was a, there was a movie that I did not see in the theaters, don't know if it made it to the theaters, but I saw it on VHS at a video rental store, hmm. and the cover made me want to get it. Let me tell you who the star of this movie was, though. Desi Arnaz Jr. Hmm. That's not why I got it. That's interesting. He plays a Stephen King-type writer who gets away from a, a bad relationship. He goes to England and ends up in Wales in an old castle because he has a bet with his publisher that he can write a novel in 48 hours. So that's the bet. And he proceeds to go there. He gets off. It's a place called Baldpate Manor. It's based on a book called Seven Keys to Baldpate, I think. And uh, the name of the movie is Night of the Long Shadows. Hmm. And it starred... Hold on to your hat if you have one. Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, John Carradine. Wow. Vincent Price, all in one movie. That's pretty good. Now, that's yeah. a bargain. You have to yeah. wait through Desi Arnaz Jr. to get to those guys, but and it, it works. He's not a terrible actor, actually. I saw no, him. No, no, he, he wasn't the star of it. No, the I get it. Because you but had those it... other guys there. Uh, yeah. I, I saw him in something. I thought he was uh, actually really good. So I it was, surprised. He me. did some TV movies. Yeah, but I don't know if this was the only theatrical movie he did. But it is worth searching for. It is okay. worth when you find it, you're gonna love it. If you like old right. horror movies and old I horror do. movie actors, I do. I think it, think it so, came out either in the late '80s because I know Peter Cushing passed away. I think in the early '90s. Well, I'll, I'll go look for it, and I'm sure I'll find it, and that's a great tip, and those are just the kind of things I'd love to go find on a Saturday afternoon. So thank you, Claude. Appreciate that, and thank you for the tip for Amy in Maui. Bill is in Florida on Coast to Coast. Bill? Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. Uh, for the people in Hawaii, look for ham radio operators. They will be able to make contact with anybody and everybody. Yeah, assuming they've got power and all that, yeah. Right. Yeah, that'd be and, great. And, 
regard to classic movies or horror movies, Fiend Without a Face. I don't know that movie. I know, I know, Man Without a Face, but not Fiend no. Without a Face. Who, who, when was that one? Came, when did that come out? Nineteen fifty-eight. Some oh. mad scientist is working on telekinesis, living near a nuclear power plant. And his experiments brought critters to life that you could not see until towards the end of the movie. And they ended up looking like brains that were able to move using the spinal cords as tails. Okay. I'm in. All around. Thank you so much. Uh, first time call line, David is also in Florida on Coast to Coast. David? Hello, Ian. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Okay, well, you were had the horror store, uh, uh, horror movies on. I had my own like horror movie at the movies. What happened? Um, well, it happened about forty five years ago. I'm fifty seven years old, and it's happened in Gainesville, Florida. And I'll get right to it. But anyway, I was hanging out with a girl who's like five years older than me, and mm-hmm. every day was an adventure with this girl. So I show up at her house about eleven in the morning. She says, David, guess what? We're going to go to the movies today. We're going to go see Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band with the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton. I'm That's like, a horror oh, show in itself. That's right there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. We get there, and the movie had already started by like a minute or so. And I've been to this movie theater many times. And so I told her, I said, let's sit to the far left, you know, about 15 rows back. And to the far left of that movie theater was a, a concrete wall with a curtain. So right. we go into the ro- we go into the road that I picked, and there's about ten seats. I get to the third seat from the curtain, and I sit down. And right next to me, in the second seat from the curtain, a lady appears to me. Okay, out of nowhere, and she set, she pulls her purse to her body, and she says, "If you don't get away from me right now, I'm calling the cops." Well, I freak out and jump up, run past my friend. She comes and runs up the aisle to get me, and she says, David, where are you going? I go to that lady, and I point back there, and there's nobody there. Now, there's no way that this lady could have got past us and gone, and she couldn't go through that wall. Sure. Yeah, the reason why I know this is a ghost, I could see through her. She had these clothes on that were from, like, the 40s. And uh, she was, I could tell she was dead, man. I mean, it's just, it was the wildest thing. Now, it didn't bother me so much when I was young, but now that I'm older, it really, really makes me think about what I saw, and it just trips yeah. me out. Well, that's really interesting, I appreciate that. Did your girlfriend uh, question that your impulse was to run past her and run out of the theater, or did uh, she forgive you yeah. for that? Oh, yeah, she forgave me for that, but... Okay. Um, you know, I got the idea to call you from watching, listening to the Ghost to Ghost uh, yeah. Art Bell thing. Sure. You know? Yeah, I and love I was, those. Yeah, and I was like, man, I got to call him and, and tell him. And the only thing I can figure is this lady might have got killed on that property because, of, you know, she wasn't, like I said, she was wearing these clothes from like the 40s and, or early 50s maybe, and this is 1978. And she was so worried about that purse, you know, she, I, I remember she just pulled it towards herself, you know, and, and, uh, you know, the, have you, have, have y'all heard of many ghosts that speak to people like that? Not like that. No, not, not at all. Uh, and maybe, uh, I, I, the reaction of you, like she encountering you seemed 
like she was as much as scared of you as you were of her, right? Right. Yeah, that right. didn't happen very often either. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like she, it, it, it would have been. Uh, I, looking back on it, of course, I'm sure the producers of Sergeant Pepper's the movie wished that more people were paying, even if they were dead. Because that was like one of the biggest bombs of all time. So thank you, yeah, David. You Appreciate that. that oh my God, Alan Carr. Yeah, he had to live that down for years. James is in Montana on coast to coast. James. Oh, glad to speak to you again, Dion. After speaking to you several weeks ago from the phone. Oh, I can't barely hear you, James. You got to get the volume up somehow, or I'm hearing some kind of crinkling noise over you. Yeah, I'm going to put you on hold, and we'll figure that out, and we'll come back to it. Michael is in Canada on Coast to Coast. Michael? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, you're perfect. Go ahead. Beautiful. All right. I just wanted to call because two days ago on George's show, they were talking about sleep paralysis, and something occurred to me. I've been listening for over 20 years off and on, and I've never called in, and this is really important. So I used to have sleep paralysis several times a week. It was Terrifying. Yeah, I bet. Shadow people, ghosts, aliens. And I finally found a cause for it, and it stopped. And if I had not found that cause, I probably wouldn't be around anymore. So uh, one night, my uh, ex-wife now, she discovered I wasn't breathing in my sleep. And I went and got tested for sleep apnea, believe it or not. And it turns out I was stopping breathing up to 40 times an hour. And at yeah. the worst, it was almost five minutes Yeah, one time. And they put me on a CPAP machine. And ever since, it completely stopped. Not one um, incidence of sleep paralysis. Yeah, you're not the first person I've heard to say that, but I, I appreciate your passion. Yeah, I think there's a connection there, too. The, the uh, oxygen drops. And then what it triggers in our imaginations um, in our semi-sleeping state um, and the danger that we all take. You know, I don't have that problem, but other people that in my family do. And, uh, yeah, you, you you have to have one of those or or you could just not survive the night if your body yeah, just decides that's the last breath you're going to take. Yeah. Well, I'm so, so glad you shared that. Uh, yeah, anybody who is having sleep paralysis, it's not going to be for everybody because I do believe that people do see things in their sleep. But right. if you are having it regularly, go get tested. It could save your life. I love that. Thank you. We'll go to Jeff, who's on a wild card line in San Diego on Coast to Coast. Jeff? Hi, Ian. Hey. You can hear me okay? Perfect. Go ahead. Ian, I wanted to follow up. I asked you uh, one time about... Uh, or you were comment about church music, and there was no, like, real good um, hard rock. But I wanted to see if you ever listened to that P.O.D. band. Uh, I did that night, yeah. Um, and the two hits that I that I uh, like, because like any band, I don't like all the, all the songs, but was uh, the new, latest one was uh, uh, Brave New America or Youth of, Youth of America, and the original was Alive. Yeah, you know the so the interesting thing that we were talking about that night was it wasn't church music, but it just in general Christian rock. Um, and if it the, there's very few examples of that that I really do like, and I, I still 
Um, but I do remember that. I remember listening to it. Then, okay, good. That's better. It's certainly better than a lot of the the crud that's out there that people. I, I think in a lot of ways, when they have a failed band, they could they can try and go the Christian route and and book a lot of dates um, that way. But yeah, no POD. The only thing is, is that you know, I mean, it's not they're not a one hit one uh, band, but uh, you know, I only like like a couple of their songs, right? I, and that's why I wanted to know from you because I really appreciate your love. Oh and, yeah, I appreciate and your, and your, that. You know, your interest and your education on on that. I really respect you for that, and that's why I wanted to know what you thought of it because uh, you know, in my in my own mind, I, I love the rock part of it and, uh, and the yeah. rhythm and everything. Well, I do too, and I like you know. I was just that same night. I went back and I listened to some Steve Taylor, who I like, and I like his stuff because he's so weird, and um, and he's much more like um, uh, he is to to contemporary gospel music. Uh, what Ten CC was to pop music of the nineteen seventies, you just didn't know kind of like where the song was going. And it was really inventive, and that's what I like a lot. So any band that can do that on any genre, I'm in. So thank you, Jeff. Frank is west of the Rockies in Colorado on Coast to Coast. That should take us to the bottom of the hour. Go ahead, Frank. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's open lines, man. Hey, first off, uh, uh, so sorry about uh, what's going on with Amy out there in Maui. Yeah. Uh, I was actually born and raised in Los Alamos, New Mexico. And we had a fire like that sweep through our hometown. Did you really? Uh, I'm almost 70 now, but my brother lost the home that we were all born and raised in. And it did take that town about 10 years to recover. And they're fully recovered now. Uh, You know, and that fire was actually started by the Park Service. On purpose? And so the government essentially burnt burnt down all those homes when the fire got out of control. So those people had... FEMA money, government money, all kinds of money thrown at them. And the main thing I want to let her know is there's going to be resources out there. And be sure and advocate for yourself or your friends or family. Make sure they continually advocate for themselves or the process will stall on them on recovery. So you got to be assertive and uh, you got to be focused. I, I like that. Thank you, Frank. Exactly. We got Ray. You're going to help Ray here, who is also calling from Maui. Ray? Yes, sir. Okay, so I don't know if you heard Amy on, would have been one of your neighbors, I yes, suppose. Yes, I did. I was, I was calling up to give her a little more information, anybody else who needs it. Yeah, um, go ahead. Um, if she needs Internet, or at least cell service, she can walk down to S. Turns Beach. I know you don't know where they did it. I'm sure she'll know where it is. It's real near where she's staying. And I want to let her know that at Maui Preparatory Academy in Napili, I work up there. Where every morning we're up there, we're giving out tons of stuff. You know, we got... We got food, we got water, we got produce, all kinds of baby supplies, you know, personal hygiene, anything you need. We got a lot of it up there. Right. Actually, I'm I'm stuck on the other side right now. I came to get supplies, and they closed the road on us. So I'm stuck, but there'll be people there in the morning to help out. Okay. Uh, And and so what what about, um, obviously, you're able to call. Do you have phone service? Do you have you have texting service? You, I'm do, on the other side, right? I'm, yeah. West West Maui Square is that we this today they opened up the road to come to the other what we call the other side, which is not affected by the fires. So right. I'm over here now. That's why I can talk to you. Um, but I'm trying to get back home, but I won't. You know, they won't be open up the roads. So I'll be sitting here in traffic all night. 
you know, yeah, gosh. Well, <laughs> yeah, we have perfect cell phones. This I mean, I'm, I'm not on the west side right now. Well, we'll try and be there for you during well, this whole thing, such as it is. Yeah, and I hope, more, I hope more of your neighbors building. call. It is just amazing. We, I was up at the school today, and people were coming over from Molokai by boat and bringing in stuff. Uh, Maui Food Bank came by and brought us trucks of stuff to get out to people, and the community is just reaching out. I was telling my son, usually you walk around, you see people holding up signs that say, please help, I'm homeless. Every person you see right now holding up signs, it's like free food is here, water's here. I mean, it's just, the community just come together in an amazing way. Right. Um, and before you go, help me, though, um, what about looting? I mean, there's w- rumors of looting, and then I I found news stories that said it's it's mostly rumors, not actual looting events. But yeah. what what have you, you know, heard? I, I can't speak to that. I mean, I've, I've heard the same things that everybody else has, but it's all rumor. I've been hearing rumors about every single thing, so I can't confirm. I mean, okay. I don't doubt that it's happened, but knowing the people of Maui like I do, I don't think it's widespread. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm sure it has happened. Yeah. I no, mean, no, appreciate that. Amazing yeah. yeah. No, thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, thank you for jumping in and, and hanging on toward the end of this hour. So um, we'll do one more half hour coming up of open lines on Coast to Coast. I think we have time for John in Parksville if he's fast. Go ahead, John. Yeah, um, this is what I saw, the nuclear power plant um, that I worked at. Um, I went out to outside storage about a mile from the plant, um, I'm a Fort Lear, and a light just lit up the paint shop. It wasn't any sound or anything. Um, hmm. Like an upside-down flashlight. Like it's like a surge? Uh, well, no. It was, um, there was just a light that huh. came on. It traveled from the paint shop, and it centered on right on the center of the railroad tracks. Wow. There wasn't any sound or anything. It was How like, long did it last? It lasted about a minute and a half. Oh, my darn. Well, um, thank What And when was this? Oh, about seven, eight years ago. Um, I didn't okay. tell anybody because you got to take a sight test to work at the plant. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, maybe that's changing now that pilots are allowed to keep flying. So maybe that'll trickle down to you, too. And All right, we'll give you the numbers. Bill is in Billings, open lines. Take us wherever you want to go, Bill, on Coast to Coast AM. I wanted to go with the uh, theme of the uh, underrated uh, horror shows. Yeah, sure. Uh, You ever uh, watched Warm Bodies? No. I've seen the... uh... I've seen the the title box for it, though, at one point. I remember that. Warm Bodies. Tell me more about it. Okay. You still there? Yeah. Okay. You're breaking up on me. I'm pretty sure I'm not moving around, but go ahead. Uh, what? Tell me more about Warm Bodies, then. Oh, we lost him. Uh, we'll go to from Bill from Billings. We'll go to Daniel in uh, Daniels, Florida. No, Daniel is in Panama City on Coast to Coast. Go ahead, Daniel. Sir, hi, Ian. Thank you for taking the call. Yes, sir. I'm glad to hear you. Um, well, I want to give a, a good shout out to to people on the call in a lot, um, Catherine, and some other good questions that come out of the mid coast from Texas and there, and a blind guy that calls in with all the really good questions and comments. And then Cornelius, of course. Um, the uh, obscure horror shows, 
that's interesting. I think about like the Illustrated Man by Ray Bradbury. Yeah. It's not exactly horror, but it is kind of. Um, and maybe alternative obscure movies you might like. Um, have you heard of Requiem for a Heavyweight? It's an old black and white. Yeah, but how do we? Why are we putting that in the horror category? It's not. It's not. It's just when you don't have movies to watch and you're going. Oh. In here, it's not, it's not <laughs> no, that's a great movie. No, that's yeah, a great film. Clips to yeah. the side to see the commercial and then turns the camera right back to the movie. Okay. Anyway, no. The reason I called was about Maui, about things going on out there. Sure. And I heard the call about go, clarifying a little bit when somebody says the other side, they mean driving around the mountain. There's only one road in the north side and one road right. to the south side around it. And they say to the other side, the guy that called in that works at the school. Um, well, I, I, the, I think I've I lived there a while. And what I've heard might like people may want to know that don't have communications. They might be able to pick up on coast to coast out there and other people around like the, the town between the civic center and the post office. Right. And the fire swept through a neighborhood called Wahikuli, which is on the mountain side of the road. Like a lot of things are. And then through the bypass and somehow it passed around the Safeway grocery yeah. store, the old pineapple cannery. And the, the restaurant Mala and Honu, I heard, are still there. But all the other like wooden buildings are are gone on that on the around the Jodo Mission and Mala. And um, there's a big new neighborhood that's on a field that used to be a homeless field there, right in between Front Street Apartments and the Safeway. And they turned it into new houses about six years ago. I heard those are still there for some lucky, weird reason. Front Street Apartments is almost completely annihilated. Um, uh, like the the area around the industrial old industrial park there, right. where the bakery and laundromat was. That I heard the, uh, the the those those warehouses somehow still been there, and they've taken fire damage in the past couple years, anyways, from a, a accident. But um, but they're still standing. They're metal buildings. But up yeah. behind the Lunar Road toward the school, like I heard above the bypass is still there. If you know people above the bypass, their houses may still be safe and safe there above the bypass on the mountain. Malka side yeah. below it incinerated. Um, yep. And down toward Olawalu, if you go south behind the town, a friend of mine was there actually and evacuated. I talked to them. They're held up in Wailuku right now in, in a short stay in a, in a hotel so they could figure things out that put them up along with like what hotels are doing right now, putting people up to save them. And uh, I don't know how much you might have heard about what's going on or what the people do know, but a friend of mine living up country has filled me in. I talked to a friend during the fire in the central part of the island, and his – at one of the shops, his partner was going north to evacuate. But there is some infused sort of whatever you think of somebody saying about looting. That's a darker side of the reality that in the underworld, in the you know, there are methamphetamine addicts and things that may want to capitalize sure. on this. But it's still they're probably heartbroken too. This is like a big devastation. I was supposed to be there tomorrow. Oh really? Why? I have a non-refundable one-way flight to move into my apartment that's now incinerated. Oh gosh! Well, they, the they, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll make arrangements. But that's just, I'm so horrible. I, that's and so you were going to move there permanently. I lived there for 15 years already. I, I came back here yeah. to help my family. I was born here, but I moved there in 2005. There, I'm one of the missing people that they don't know. Oh, they're, they're counting. 
<laughs> I wonder you know, about because... that. Yeah, no, seriously. And there's so many different stories of people that will be found. So do you, have you made any efforts, if you pardon the expression, to be found, to let them know that you're alive, but you're in, in the States? Yeah, I've corresponded with an on-site housing manager that has, it doesn't have, a, isn't, you know, very talkative at the moment, but he's displaced, right. his house is gone, and has responsibilities. But I'm getting texts from tenants. I'm getting emails from for the from their management company wanting to give a one or a two number, a rating of what status I have and things like this. Um, and I'm in an awkward position here where I'm supposed to be leaving where I am now and arriving there. And I was supposed to have already been there on the 1st and even the end of last month, and things kept getting delayed for whatever reason. Now it looks like a right. miracle. It does I'm look blind. like a miracle. I'm a blind person trying to go back to a place that I thought was going to be familiar, and I just barely got spared from whatever oh, could have really? happened had I been there blind and what was going on with the smoke and, oh, yeah. see and the confusion and people getting left behind and cars. And... I totally you never get know that. in a fire. Fire wind. I I appreciate you sharing all of that. That was really interesting, and I, I hope then that we can – cut down that number of the missing and those people that could be presumed dead. Um, and we at least get you off that list. And, and I, I hope that everything works out for you. I know that's a lot to work with. Uh, Roger is in Juneau, Alaska on coast to coast. Go ahead, Roger. R- Roger. No, can't hear him. All I hear is a faint echo in the background. Roger, can you pick up whatever phone you were calling on? Uh, No. I'm going to put it on hold, see if we can't get through to you. Uh, Julie is in San Diego on Coast to Coast on a wild card line. Julie? Yes. I wanted to give a tip to all the poor people that lost their homes in Lahaina. Yeah. Um, There was an an author in San Diego County that wrote a book called The Fire Outside My Window. It was about it was about her experience rebuilding her home from the Cedar and Paradise fires of October right. 2003. Oh, um, yeah. She wrote the book in 2013. It was published. And it tells about her, her experience losing her home and then rebuilding it. But she also talks about how, how she, she has a whole section about how, how she navigated the insurance companies and all those you know, details. So I thought, uh, knowing about this book, The Fire Outside My Window, and the author is Sandra Miller's Younger. Yeah. She has a website, sandramillersyounger.com, where I believe but, she also gives resources on how to navigate the insurance companies and things on rebuilding. Well, you have to be firm. I know that. It helps to have a lawyer. And, Julie, that's uh, really good advice. Thank you for the heads up on that. I hope people take that from you. We'll go to Mary, who's in Los Angeles. Roger's back. Okay, well, let's try Roger first. Roger? I'm so sorry about that. Yes, uh, yes. I, Ian, um, uh, yeah. thank you Thank you so much uh, for taking this call. Also about, you know, Robbie Robertson, everything about that. You know, it's uh, one of the best. Yeah, no he question. sure was. Well, I'm glad we no got question. the phone thing worked out. You're on open yeah. lines. Yes, yes, uh, especially with the basement tapes and all that stuff. I'm sure you know all about that. Oh, yeah. I love the basement tapes. Yeah, the best. Yeah. But, yeah, just, you know, let's, uh, I guess to divert a little bit from that, um, you know, uh, you've been 
very open about uh, your ideas here. So I'm just wondering what you think about this. Imagine, you know, let's just say, you know, someone uh, shows up and then from an alien presence. Okay. Whether that be, whether that be you know, whatever, whatever way you want to uh, think about that. Sure. And then, and then, uh, you know, and then I look down and they see a lot of people fighting about you know, gun rights and all this stuff. I'm not here to say there should no, be. I get it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care about okay. that. Okay, but from a bird's eye view, that might look, with bird's with advanced eye. weaponry, that yeah. might look kind of silly, yep. Right, right. So uh, so if it looks kind of silly, then what do you kind of actually jump the would, gun on that? Would they, would they sort it out for us? I mean, I, wouldn't that be nice if they could come down no. to sort out all our problems and, and fly out of here? Just <laughs> um, because it, uh, it, it's ridiculous. No? Well, I, you know, here's what I think is ridiculous, and this I don't think is very political, but some people will freak out. Okay. Um, no, I, I had uh, in Vaudeville for the Frightened, I made reference to... Um, a gun incident in this fictional story of mine. And a guy contacted me on Twitter. And he said, oh boy, I'm really liking this story. I will not be listening to another word of it, though, because you mentioned an AR-15. Now, the interesting thing is he didn't keep listening to the story. Had he done that, he would have realized it has nothing to do with anything. It was an intentional red herring. But he's freaking out about it like uh, like almost like i insulted one of his children or something and that's the part where i think well we can't be there that no no conversation ever accomplishes anything if people act irrationally around even the broaching of a subject and i think that's what we've come down to is and this is on the left and right and uh, the right only loves to point out the left and the left you know, it, it spends a lot of time shooting itself in the foot, but we, let, let, let's have these conversations. If we're going to do, we can be adults about this. You know, we don't, it doesn't, everything doesn't have to be at this hysterical level where, you know, I can't hear you, blah, 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 with fingers in our ears. We should be able to talk about it, no matter what it is. So, so no matter what, it, it's about, we should have no fingers in our ears and still think about AR-15s. And that's well, a good I, idea. I, here's what I'm saying is that an AR-15 exists. It's a reality. You know, yeah. it, it has a history. It has, it's misused. Provides what purpose? Well, you can make that argument too, that it doesn't provide a, its purpose is outweighed by the complications that come from it. But that's a conversation, again, I think I'm willing to have that conversation. I don't have to agree with it, and I don't have to think, but, I, but I, I'd like to think that it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's guns, whether it's that or something abortion, larger. anything, just yeah, let's abortion, talk about it. Yeah, you know, let's just it. talk about it and, yeah. and see yeah. where that goes instead of... I agree with you. It's important to talk about it. Thank you so yeah. much for taking that call. I Thank appreciate so that, too. And it really, you know, I'll be honest with you, this is really where Coast to Coast shaped me. It was very impactful. Um, I am not a classic libertarian. I'm not, you know, I don't believe that we should be running around the park like dogs or something like that. And, you know, I don't, I think that we, we do need more than just what, 
you know, the the strongest arm the community, you know, can get for itself. And I do believe in a commonwealth, and I believe that, you know, you can't say I'm not going to pay anything for roads and then drive on them. You know, I, I mean, I think everybody's got to find a way to, to pitch in one way or another. But I also believe that I, I think we're stronger when we have these conversations and I think it's it is a sign of weakness, not strength. It's a sign. It's like when people mention, you know, for me, it's when people talk about God or Jesus. I'll have any conversation. I don't care. That's how strongly I believe. I I'm so confident in my belief that I'll have any conversation, not so brittle that it's like you know you can't say that i have to cancel you or whatever so i i think there's our strength comes in in knowing that we have a right to our own opinion but that our opinion may not become law that oversees everybody else and it's all about preserving freedom i, I that may seem like a radical concept but not to me uh, right, do we still have, uh, let's see, the last time I looked up, we have Mary in L.A., and then I think it's going to do it. Go ahead, Mary. Husband. Hi, Mike. I have a Skid Row husband. His name is Chris Robinson, and believe it or not, that's his real name. And I came, I was like throwing him out every day for the first four months that we lived together at the Madison. And then the last two weeks before he was killed or before he died, I finally fell in love with him. And then he died on me. And I'm having these unbelievable messages from him. Our, we used to listen to K-Jazz, and K-Jazz just stopped working. It just stopped working for two days. And and I look on the ground, and there's two rings for me to wear, because I kept saying in my head, why aren't we married? And, hmm. he, and he gave me a dress. For the wedding, it, I mean, the funeral, and I'm inviting everybody to come to a funeral because it's on Friday the 18th at 2 p.m. On, we're going to start a procession, a New Orleans-style procession, and go from where we used to live at 1050. Okay, wait, wait. Well, so I, I appreciate you sharing this. Let me just back up for a second. So this is your... You're a fiancé of sorts, and, and he died? And he Did... was 20 years younger. I'm still 73. He's 53. What the heck? Oh, I thought I gosh. was worried about him being left alone. Well, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I hope that any of those things that you do, um, you'll remember something that I say all the time, something I believe in strongly, is you can't do grief wrong. You can't do grief wrong. Whatever it is that you feel like you need to do to make yourself feel better or to honor the situation, don't let anybody talk you out of it. Can't do grief wrong. I'm sorry you're having to go through it, though. Uh, Coming up tomorrow night, a, a guy who grieved the loss of his community. He survived the Malibu fire, but he's got something to say about what people are going through in Maui. And then, uh, look, if if you're looking for good news about the future, Neil Howe, The Fourth Turning. The book is out. We'll talk about it coming up. The Fourth Turning. Things are about to get better. I promise you that. And in the meantime, Deus Tamat, and I do too. Think of you, Maui.